For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello? And there he is, Dr. Jack Caravelli, uh, with us here on our big program, having a little technical issues today, got us behind, but uh, Jack, how are you, my friend? I am well, James. Great to Great to talk to you, as always. Now, uh, tell me what you thought of this Robert Mueller thing yesterday. Well, I, I think, you know, I have mixed reactions. I think on the, sort of a personal level, James, um, Mueller looked, and I think almost everyone would agree with this, you know, he looked disorganized. He looked a bit disheveled. He uh, clearly had problems uh, at some points understanding what was being asked of him, uh, of, of hearing what was being asked. He looked like he was tired and looked like, you know, his age, he's turning 75. Um, maybe it caught up with him a little bit, and that was hard to watch. On the, uh, He's a great American, by the way, uh, by any standard. Uh, so it was sad to watch. But on the, on the substance, uh, as requested by... The Department of Justice, he did stick to the, largely to the script. Uh, he clarified a few issues of uh, what, uh, you know, may have been obstruction of justice on Donald Trump's part. Uh, I, I thought the, you know, the Democrats made a, uh, a terrible strategic mistake, number one, in trying to drag him out and trying to get more attention of these alleged uh, crimes committed by the the president and and those around them, uh, I think they did not succeed uh, in in doing that. Uh, Mueller did sc- uh, s- uh, stick largely to the script, um, but again, it was a, a difficult day for the Democrats. Uh, they brought it on themselves. Uh, I think the president was his remarks after the. Mueller testimony, you know, he was obviously, you know, very upbeat. Um, you know, where do we go from now? From here now is, uh, you know, a bit unclear. <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I think it's apparent that uh, two things: uh, the American public has, uh, I think, at least according to the polls, you know, no great interest in, you know, seeing this continue. Uh, and, you know, number two that. If the Democrats uh, were to try to impeach the president in the beginning in the House of Representatives, uh, they might get the votes there, but they almost certainly would lose uh, in the Senate. And, you know, that would probably, again, work to the the president's advantage. So uh, the the Democrats just can't uh, control at least part of their uh, caucus uh, on these issues. And... uh, you know, that could hurt them in the long term, but, you know, it's pretty clear that, you know, Mueller was not going to throw more fuel on the fire uh, for those that, you know, wanted to, you know, really damage the president. Uh, my final thought on this, James, would be that 
uh, it was clear to me that uh, Mueller, although his name is on the report, uh, it was clear to me he almost certainly uh, did not write most of the report or maybe any of it. Uh, he did not seem to fully know or understand, uh, you know, what, what people uh, he had around him on his staff doing this. And uh, all of that, again, raises real questions about the, you know, the integrity and credibility of the report itself. So, you know, it was um, what the Democrats hoped for of being riveting fader, you know, for hours yesterday on TV just really did not materialize. We've got Dr. Jack Carabelli with us today, and what I think is uh, really interesting is that we just had Larry Tracy on, and he said the exact same thing, that he didn't think that uh, Robert Mueller wrote this thing. So, uh, two, two, two great, two great, uh, two great regulars uh, with, with those eagle eyes being able to, uh, to, to take that uh, assertion, I guess, from it. Now, um, we have got uh, Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today, author of The Age of Hatred, and uh, he is also a, a Middle Eastern expert. And um, I want to get your thoughts on this situation with Israel attacking Iran. Um, despite some of the numerous recent Iranian attacks on tankers belonging to the United Kingdom and Saudi Arabia and Japan, as well as the downing of an American drone, only Israel has been launching significant military strikes against the radical Islamic regime's military forces. Why is the Jewish state the only country responding militarily to uh, Iran's aggression, Doctor? Well, uh, James, a, a great question, and if you pull on that, uh, the string of that question, if you will, you you really get a complex answer. Let me let me take a ballpark swing at it. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, if, if I'm sitting in Israel and I am a huge supporter of Israel and it's uh, most of its politics, you know, I I see the I can look at the geography. Uh, Iran and Israel obviously are uh, are close by. Uh, Iran has, uh, you know, the current Iranian regime uh, repeatedly, uh, you know, chants. And, and, and officially uh, vows death to Israel. Uh, and you can't be a small Jewish country in a, in a large neighborhood that's both Arabic, uh, and uh, Iran is not an Arab country, it's a Persian country, uh, but the Iranians, you know, chanting death to Israel, you can't hear that for years and not, you know, be, you know take it very seriously. And the other part of it is, you know, Iran has been sponsoring, you know, across the region, you know, a, a great deal of, uh, you know, terrorist activity, uh, Lebanon with Hezbollah, um, you know, they're constantly trying to undermine Israel. So I can, you know, I, I, you know, come down, you know, clearly on the side of Israel uh, on, on all these issues. The but your, you know, your larger question is, is an awfully good one, uh, in the sense that, you know, in the Arab world, there's a real uh, reluctance to confront uh, Iran militarily. Uh, the Saudis, who are the sort of the largest and probably most powerful uh, Arab nation in the region, uh, you know, they've got their uh, hands tied, and not hands tied, but they've you know they're, they're they're preoccupied in in Yemen. 
Um, uh, they, they clearly don't want to engage in a uh, shooting war uh, with Iran. Uh, Iran has a you know, demonstrated capability, as you mentioned, with the seizure of the tankers um, and, the, and blowing up a couple of, of them a few weeks ago. Uh, Iran has the capability to really, uh, you know, project a lot of mischief uh, in the region, particularly uh, the Strait of Hormuz, uh, where about 20% of the world's oil uh, transits. So, you know, no one uh, in the Arab world, which obviously has a, you know, uh, through OPEC, has a great stake financially in the transit of oil, uh, no one wants a shooting war with the Iranians. The Iranians, I think, understand this. Uh, they are almost certainly will continue to be aggressive uh, in the region. Uh, it may take uh, U.S. military power, which President Trump has been reluctant to use as well, other than shooting down the drone. He's been reluctant to engage as well. Uh, you know, there are domestic political considerations here. So, you know, you look at all these factors, and, you know, what you get is, uh, you know, you come back to the beginning of, of Israel being uh, about the only nation, you know, willing to take on Iran or at least its proxy. So extremely complicated. Uh, no one's really found a solution to these uh, problems. But, you know, if, if I'm sitting to flip it, if I'm sitting in Tehran and I'm watching all this, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, right now I've got an opportunity to really, again, cause some real mischief uh, in the Middle East. Uh, they're doing it. Uh, they are responding, final thought, to the uh, American sanctions, uh, which have really badly hurt the Iranian economy. So um, we may well be on a, a collision course uh, with Iran in the Middle East and, you know, the, uh, the possibility of Israel uh, being drawn into it is, is probably pretty high. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, the Age of Hatred is the latest from him. Now, uh, what, what, what do you make of the Iran situation? You, you said that we're probably going to be drawn into that at some point. Uh, you know, kind, kind of forecast this for us, I guess. Well, you know, what, what I think is driving a lot of this, James, there are, you know, probably in Iran... Uh, different factions. Uh, there is, you know, a, a slightly more moderate group led by the president, the Iranian president, Rouhani, but, you know, what, you know, who sits over all of the foreign policy and national security decisions made by Iran is the Ayatollah Khamenei. He is, by constitution, the you know, the, uh, the senior authority on, on all of these issues that we're, we're discussing. And uh, he is virulently uh, anti-Israel. Uh, he hates America. Uh, and supporting him uh, is something called the IRGC, which is the um, Re Republican Guard Corps, uh, which, again, is, um, you know, the sort of the, the, the foreign policy element of Iran. They're the ones that are stirring a lot of mischief in the Middle East. 
they are probably the ones who are behind the the attacks and seizures of the tankers. So, you know, within Iran, um, you know, there are the most powerful faction is led by, Ham- led by Hamani. Uh, again, he's the senior authority, and backing him, I think, you know, very strongly is this IRGC. It's, it's more paramilitary than military, but again, they are formidable, they're capable, and they seem to be operating with the, with the great support of the Supreme Leader. Uh, so that alone suggests to me, as I said a moment ago, that you know, this issue is, or set of issues, is not going to go away. Uh, the Iranians will, uh, they're concerned about uh, the effect on the economy. Uh, I think there's a matter of, of pride and ego in this. Uh, they never want to acknowledge that the West, particularly the Americans, uh, have uh, influence or leverage over them. So, you know, there's, it's, it's hard to find a middle ground. Uh, the Europeans want a middle ground, uh, but I, I am very much on the side of uh, the president and his senior advisors, who right now are squeezing the Iranian economy hard. It's, it's succeeding. It's painful. So, but the Iranians will not sit by and just take this lightly. So I think that set of circumstances suggests we're going to have more, uh, more problems you know, with Iran in, in you know, days, weeks, and months to come. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today as he uh, wraps up the uh, big program with us today. Now, uh, your recent book on cybersecurity is uh, doing well. Uh, talk to us about the progression of the book here. Well, happily, uh, uh, you know, on Amazon, like just about everything these days is for sale. Uh, the book Cybersecurity, Threats and Responses for Government and Business uh, is indeed doing well. Uh, it's been nominated for a uh, prize of in nonfiction for the or by the Financial Times. Uh, so you know we're you know my co-author and I are are proud of that. We've tried to tell sort of a a broad story of uh, not only the you know the cyber threats that are out there, James, and they just keep coming in all directions, but also the uh, you know opportunities and. Uh, chances for, you know, government, business, and individuals, uh, you know, to make uh, the uh, kind of systemic changes in behavior that better defends all of us, you know, against cyber threats. So, you know, we, we raise a lot of red flags in the book, but, you know, I don't think it's sufficient to just say the sky's falling. I think you've got to, you know, you owe the reader a you know, insights into, you know, what can be done about the problem. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to do that, and I hope that, you know, some of your listeners will, you know, give the book a real close look. Well, Doctor, I appreciate you making time, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. James, a, a great pleasure, and take care. Thanks. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. There he goes, Dr. Jack Caravelli. we got more coming up.
Attention type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR, or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.